Fortean News Podcast with your host, James Coppert. Oi, oi. Hello, my special little minkies. How are you all? It's been a while, hasn't it? First of all, just a massive thank you to those of you that have stuck around and still subscribed and listened to the show. Let's just call this season two. I will be bringing out shows every single month again and doing it proper. And uh, to be honest, really looking forward to doing so. It's been a bit of a mad year, as, as some of you know, but things are things are going pretty good at the moment. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for sticking around. First of all, um, for those of you that have uh, emailed me in the past couple of months, unfortunately, I found out that someone had been using the uh, podcast uh, email address to set up a dodgy PlayStation network account and uh, Google locked me out, and uh, I'm just dealing with that now. So if you have a message me, I haven't, I'm not ignoring you. I will respond as soon as I can get back into that uh, account, which hopefully should be should be quite soon. I'm just kind of trying to deal with that at the moment. Otherwise, I am available on Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Fortean News Podcast, and we're there. Just before I continue, you might hear some strange noises in the background. That is, in fact, a little visitor I have called Harry. Harry's a... Uh, an old man he's a 15 year old dog um my friend sadly had to uh quickly get out of the house and harry didn't have anywhere to stay so he's stopping with me for a little while until she can get sorted um he's an old man and he's currently snoring and he likes to uh, bang around and uh, make lots of noises in the background so i do apologize for that so first of all a really exciting announcement so um earlier this year someone sent me a link on facebook and was like oh james have you seen this you might be interested and it was two of my favourite things, which is film and the world of the Fortean. And it was the Fortean Film Festival. And of course, how could I not book a ticket and go down to that? Um, it was a two-day event down in Gloucester. So I booked an Airbnb, got my tickets, went down. And it was an absolutely amazing event. It was films from all over the world on everything Fortean. There was like um, fiction, non-fiction, comedy, documentaries. Um, we were laughing, we, we cried. It was just absolutely such a brilliant, independent, wonderful event and, and really worthy of your support. I'll be plugging this event regardless um, of, of what I'm going to tell you next, just because it genuinely is just such a, a, a lovely idea that, that can grow each year into something really, really special. It already is special, but it's something that we've, we've, the more support it gets could be something even bigger. Um, but just it's just a great thing to bring people together as well of, of this interest. But I'm really delighted and extremely honoured, to be honest, to announce that I am on the judging panel along with some very prestigious uh, 14 people. I don't know why they've asked me. And um, really look, lucky to be involved and, and just so excited. So so go to www.fortianfilmfestival.com. Um, say hello, show your support. Go and check it out just see what it's all about. And uh, do you know what? It'd be really lovely if when I attend next year, if I uh, get to meet some of you guys, maybe when the festival finishes, we could all go down the pub, get drunk and debate all the 14 subjects that we're so passionate about. It'd be really lovely. Really great idea. So um, I'm just, yeah, really honoured and excited to be involved. So please do, do go and uh, show your support as well. So this is just a little uh, stopgap show before I bring out the proper new show. Um, just some updates of the crazy goings-on that seems to occur. But uh, after I did the interview with, with Lily May, a couple of people asked what, what the other children's experience was in, in this house specifically. So a lot of people asked, um, you know, have, have the other children experienced anything? And um, But one person 
ask me if I would specifically do an interview with the other children. Um, so this is dedicated to her. Now, um, Aggie is 10 and she's, she gets very nervous talking about this stuff. It freaks her out. So um, she has had lots of experiences in this house. and um, But we're not quite at that stage we can talk about them properly in an interview. So that might be something that we do kind of down the line, hopefully, in maybe a couple of years when she feels a bit more confident in doing so. Um, but Charlie, my, my eldest son, has agreed to to do this, this, this short interview. Now... He doesn't really um, elaborate on his answers. Now, partly that is due to him being a 16-year-old boy, and as anyone knows who has got an experience of 16-year-old boys, they're mostly grunt. Um, but but Charlie's also uh, autistic and ADHD, so he, he doesn't really kind of talk much unless it's something about he's passionate about, and then he doesn't shut up about it. So he, he does kind of give minimal answers um but what's really interesting and and even more compelling is is charlie just kind of tells the straightforward truth without embellishment without flowering it up and without lying you know he, he even if he's going to get in trouble he'll still tell me the truth he just finds it almost impossible to to lie um so that makes this for me even more compelling um obviously you don't know him but those anyone that does who would listen to this would tell you that this is just going to be charlie's straightforward experience um, and his perceptions and uh, how, it, how he has viewed things with, within this house. Now, just to say, with all the children, um, the paranormal things isn't something I really spoke about in front of them. Even though it's such a massive part of my lives when they were younger, I, I kept it very separate um, because I didn't want to scare them. We only started discussing it openly when they were having experiences too, to try and help them understand it. Um, if you tell a child that it doesn't exist when they're experiencing it that doesn't help them whatsoever in fact it makes things work worse because they don't feel like someone's on their side so you know you you might think that this has been seeds planted in their brain but it genuinely hasn't it's been something that i've been very consciously trying to keep separate up until um they started experiencing th things as well and then i kind of brought them into this world to if we can make it real and discuss it and it allows us to try and understand it and not be scared of it as much is, is my point of view as, as a parent. Um, I think the other thing really important to say um, is I, I did take Charlie to, to doctors um, in terms of when he was having what he was seeing and everything to ensure that it wasn't something to do with mental health. And that's really important as well. Despite obviously having these experiences all my life, even since a child, I always think that's really important to eliminate first. And um, even when I go on investigations, sometimes people get offended because it's something that I explore first with them is, is the history of mental health and um, initially try and get support, if it's, especially if it's just one person experiencing certain things. It's looking at that and eliminating that as a, as a reason first. Um, but as a parent, it's even more important to do that. That's my opinion anyway. Um, and before anyone has a go at me for not doing that, I did. Interestingly, really interestingly, I, I can't remember if I, I spoke about it in the interview. The paediatrician um, seemed to have a lot of experience um, himself at the paranormal and um, had a lot of... Uh, as we've spoken about in, in many shows, the and, and my theory of uh, neurodiversity having a link to this, a lot of kids with on the spectrum seem to experience certain things, whether it's, uh, you know, 14 things, whether it's, you know, things moving around the house, um, seeing um, the paranormal, all, all those type of things. And he was very much like if it's only occurring in certain spaces, you know, mental health doesn't pick and choose when where it affects you. If it affects you, it affects you everywhere. So obviously things like anxiety can occur in, in different venues and be stimulated by different things. But in terms of hallucinations and things like that, they only occur in um, 
uh, they, they occur all the time consistently it, it doesn't just pick and choose the the venue so he, he was very quick to kind of rule that out which um which was really interesting and, and just gives more clarity to the evidence of the paranormal really anyway enough of me waffling i'll uh, i'll now put on the interview for charlie and uh, this goes out to you michelle who uh, is the person that asked for this um, she's going through a really difficult time um, so if everyone wants to just send some love over to Canada um, hopefully Michelle will receive it and uh, bring a bit of uh, love into her life and uh, make, make things a little bit better so sending you much love Michelle and I hope you enjoy this interview Charlie, welcome to the show. Hello. I know some people might not know the difference between my voice and yours when it gets going. I know they get confused on the phone, um, but hopefully it'll make sense. So we've had a, a couple of listeners message after uh, speaking about some of the things in this house, about asking about whether um, yourself had seen anything. And um, so you moved into this house when... We moved in when you were around two years old and you've continuously seen the same thing, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So do you want to kind of describe what what you see and how often it is? Oh, well, it's pretty much daily uh, at the top of the stairs, like in the hallways. Um she started off younger, like when I was younger. So what, hang on, what, what, what's, what's she? Just, just first of all, describe kind of what, what you've seen. Oh, uh, it's a little girl in a white nightgown. Uh, yeah. And what, what is she doing? Just watching me. Yeah, and then what's interesting is, is the way you've described it is that she's motionless. It's almost like a photograph, an image, rather mm. than something moving. Yeah. So... What what does she look like? What's her stance? What's the, do you see? Is it solid? Is it? Well, I mean, yeah, just standing, arms behind the side, like yeah, stationary. And and is she three dimensional? Is she translucent? Oh yeah, three D, like opaque. Opaque, yeah. So mm. completely solid if she's there. Yeah. And and just just to you know, because there, there will be you know some people concerned, just to say that we we did go to. Um, a paediatrician to speak about this didn't we and yeah and the paediatrician's view was if if it's only being seen in one house rather than everywhere mm. then it's not it's nothing to do with mental health because it's not hallucinogens hallucinogens it's not a hallucination um otherwise hallucinations the brain doesn't differentiate where where you are they hallucinate all the time so it wasn't they they ruled it out and um Interestingly, the the paediatrician seemed to have a very uh, a very uh, keen view of the reality of the paranormal, didn't he? In mm. our discussions, which was really interesting. So, you you've said that yeah, obviously that. How do you feel when you saw this, and what, what age did you start seeing this girl? Oh, it was when I moved into the other room. Um, so, like six, was it? Okay. Um, yeah, I was on the Xbox. I turned around, it was like in front of the door. Uh, looked up the stairs and she just stood there. So I was too scared to do anything, so I just turned around and carried on playing my game. Yeah. And then, since then really, ever since. 
daily. And why do you think she appears to you? I, I don't know. I've been wanting to know this, the answer to that question too. What? What? So. What? So you say she's grown as you've grown older as well? Well, yeah. Uh, she seemed like a young girl the first time I saw her, and then not like grown at the same rate. She seems a little bit older now. Uh, I did see her as like an adult once. Uh, that creeped me out a bit more. And what does she look like then? Well, the same, but just an adult. You could like you could tell it's the same person. Mm. And what what's you know what's her facial features like? How would you describe her if you? So you were, the police were asking you to like describe a person in a crime, and you had to describe her as perfectly as you could. What would you say? Um, I, don't know, I usually like run away for, before I get to see. Mm. So know, how? So kind of how long's her hair? Uh, just below shoulder length. And you said brunette. Yeah, like dark brown. Yeah, and she's wearing. Oh, is she always wearing a white nightdress? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, and does it look like an old style dress? Yeah, it's like Victorian. Or no, I couldn't put it into it. Okay, and how how does it make you feel? Oh, terror! Yeah. So you most of the time you run through the house, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and. Why? Because I've only seen a girl once, and I, I thought it was Lily coming in, coming in, and I told her off because I told them to wait outside. Mm. And when I I followed her in to this room, and she disappeared, um, and I realised Lily was outside. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I haven't seen seen her or experienced it, and no one else has. And we've had we've had some, you know, well, a world famous medium in the house and uh, she couldn't pick it up mm. so it's, it's interesting isn't it well that there's definitely this attachment to yourself and has there ever been any communication no tr- no no and do you have like any explanation or answers or why why do you think it is um, well i don't know i've tried even like recording it but it's just, i don't know she's not there when you record it no that's interesting as well and does anything else like occur around you I know that has when you're asleep, which obviously you're not aware of. No, well, not that I'm aware of as well, yeah. Yeah. Just just to like kind of let, let the listeners know, so um, it was around two o'clock in the morning and I was doing the laundry and um, I'd put the laundry in the washing machine, come upstairs to bed, start brushing my teeth, put the lid on the laundry basket and uh, I heard a massive crash in Charlie's room, which is opposite where the laundry basket is. So I came downstairs thinking that um, the Charlie had fallen out of bed and I called him a couple of times, there was no answer. Um, and when I went into his room, this will have been when you were about 13, 14, mm-hmm. the, the lid of the laundry basket had flown across the room um, and hit his wall and, and to, to, with such force it actually smashed. I, I threw it in the bin. Um, but so things like that happen around Charlie. Charlie talks in his sleep, seemingly in a conversation sometimes. And... Um, yeah, things can just move around and bang around Charlie, but it seems to only be when he's asleep, which is interesting. Have you ever had anything in your sleep, like woken up with anything? Sleep paralysis or anything like that? Oh, I think I've had sleep paralysis once. Um, it was ages ago. Like, it felt like I'd woken up, but I couldn't see anything. Like, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't open my eyes. Mm. Um, I tried to shout for you, but, I, well, yeah, I just couldn't move. Uh, yeah, I couldn't see anything. It was just all black. 
Mm. That scared me. It was like for an hour. Mm. It's only ever happened once. Right. Yeah, that must have been really scary. Mm. Have you ever tried to communicate with this girl? Well, I've told her to leave me alone, but that's about it. And, and what happens when you do that? Uh, it makes me more scared. But d- does is there a reaction from that when you've spoken? No, not really. Because it's interesting, is it? Because it, she doesn't move. It's just like almost like you're you're seeing her point in time. Mm. Do, do her eyes follow you? You say she stood staring at you. Do, do her eyes move as you move? Does she continue to watch it? I'm trying to think. Because I, I haven't noticed if they do. I suppose you're too busy running. <laughs> yeah. So... It's, it's, it's really, this is something that really I've not come across before on any of my paranormal investigations, even in research, is this type of thing. It seems to be unique. Um, and what what are your thoughts on it, Charlie? What, what do you, you know, what are your, I know you don't really have an explanation or anything, but what, what does it make you think? I don't know what you mean. But why, why, why do you think it's going on? Or what? Do you have an explanation to why it's happening? I don't know. I've talked to Kat about it, and <clears throat> she said that stuff like that can be linked to trauma. But I haven't really had any trauma here. Yeah, and again, um, but but trauma doesn't differentiate between ge- geographical settings. You know, in one house another. I suppose a house could could give you more trauma um, if if you've had trauma in that house. That that could increase the anxiety, but. But those type of mental health things seem to occur in other places as well, which would suggest you were to get hallucinations in other areas. Mm. Um, and, and it also wouldn't just be in one point of the house. You would see it all in all points of the house, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating one. Um, oh, do you remember that time that I came downstairs in, in tears because I saw the girl walking in like across Aggie's room and then... About a second later, I looked into mine, and there was really long arm reaching for something on my shelf. That was the one time you see movement, yeah. and then there was there was someone else involved as well, wasn't there? So do you, go over that, so to people that don't know. Oh, so I was walking down the stairs, like after like brushing my teeth. So this um, was this was kind of late late night time. Not no, it was late, in the late. morning. All right, okay, so morning. Time. I, I was off. I was getting ready for school, and then I was walking downstairs. I looked into my sister's room, and. The girl that I've been seeing uh, was walking across it, um, yeah, from the left to the right side of the room. And then I was really scared from that. I looked over into mine, and there was, like, a really long, like, black arm, like, pit, like pitch black, uh, reaching across over to something on my shelf. So I just went downstairs in tears. Mm. And it is, what's fascinating is, it, is um, you know as regular listeners will know, is, is things occur around me and I sense things. I can go in a building and pick things up. Like I say, I don't always believe um, that these things are ghosts. In fact, most of the time I don't believe in ghosts at all. I see ghosts more as residual energies and I see this as something, a, a completely separate phenomenon. And apart from that one time, one time in all the years I've lived here, I've only seen a girl once. And, the you know, the poltergeist activity that regularly occurs, do you think it's linked to this, or do you think that's something completely separate? No, I think they're separate, because, yeah. I've only seen her move once. Mm. So I, I don't think she can. I don't know, I feel like she would if she could. And uh, so, 
I mean, I agree because you know if, if the poltergeist activity occurs a lot around me, and I think if there was manifestations in terms of something visual, I'd see that as well. And I, I haven't, and it's it's really interesting. It's a, it's a really interesting case. Do you think there's a potential that you're you're looking at a snapshot of a past time of someone that was here? No, I don't know. It could be, but. Do you think that she's seeing a boy stood on the stairs in her time and absolutely terrified? Uh, I don't know. Could be. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Or even an alternative dimension. You know, someone else is living in this house and you're you're seeing a snapshot of that. Or it could be just, you know, I know those people that, that do believe in more spiritualism and, and ghosts and um, might believe that there's a spirit connected with you. That's another kind of hypothesis. Mm. What do you think about that? Oh, well, um, if it's a guardian angel, uh, <laughs> I don't want one anymore. <laughs> do, do you see it as a positive or negative thing? Like, I know I know it scares you, but sometimes, you know, people would see an angel. Um, even if we look at the Bible, the first thing is to say is, please don't be scared. So that, that would suggest that seeing these biblical figures, even they're the most glorious of wholesome goodness, it's still terrifying people because it's that unknown thing. Mm. So, so thinking of it in that sense, do you do you get a feeling that this is a strong feeling that it's a positive or negative force, or is it neutral? I'd say it's neutral. I think I'm just scared of it because of what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's real. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I, we, we've tried to we've tried to eliminate it as well, haven't we? In in different different ways in you know, hundreds of traditional ways that you might try and get rid of something like that and it's none of it's made a difference, has it, ever? No. Nothing that I've attempted. Um, even trying to communicate, it's not worked, or, or anything, which is it's, it's really a, a seemingly unique case, unless, you know, if any listener knows of something like this, um, you know, to, to get in touch, but it, it, it's just a static image almost, but like almost a model that's imprinted in our reality. Mm. Cool. Well, thank you, Charlie. Thank All you right. for your time, and um, I'm sure that I'm sure people might have some questions. Would you be happy to answer those if we if we do get some in? Yeah, yeah, I'll try. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. Obviously, as a parent, um, you, it's quite distressing to have your children like terrified and upset, and uh, yeah, not very nice. And we, you know, trying to do things to to stop this occurring, but nothing has, has seemed to have worked so far. Um, the the experiences kind of keep occurring continually, and um, it, it, recently the frequency has increased. Um, interestingly, after I did that interview on the evening, I was I came out of the bathroom and was just thinking about it actually, thinking about the interview and uh, right right directly behind me a little girl kind of giggled like, <laughs> kind of like that. Um, not a creepy giggle, just a, a naughty child-like like giggle. My daughter wasn't home at the time, I was home alone and it was just, uh, it was just really peculiar. Um, that landing does seem to have a kind of extra activity, which is, and it's one of the places Charlie does does cite things. Um, but recently, there's been knocks on the bathroom door, 
when people are in the bar. If I've gone to open it and thinking there's no one here, but then thinking maybe one of the kids has come home, or even if the cat may be kind of, you know, scratching at the door or something, even though it's a very clear knock. And uh, I've opened the door and obviously no one's there. I've explored the house, no one's there. Shut it and there's the knocks occur again and even kind of on command. I did actually record some of them, um, but unfortunately it was mixed dialogue with some private conversation that um, it wouldn't be fair to kind of air. So uh, really interesting. And when I do try and record it just on its own, obviously it never, never occurs. Obviously I've tried to look at logical and rational explanations behind it and rule, rule those out first, but, but it just seems to defy all of those. Um, interestingly, um, it's, and again, it's not just myself that's, that's witnessed this, um, that this occurs to. Now, the knocks don't occur with the children, which is, which is strange, but, but in adults, um, it seems very tailored specifically to individuals what actually occurs in this house. The dog's still snoring in the background, if you can hear that. So my uh, my girlfriend is is quite terrified of these type of things, and she was she was upstairs, and uh, she had knocks on on the bathroom door. Interestingly, it does the knock that I do, which is kind of that, um, very similar to to what I do. I normally do don't just knock; I do a little rhythm. I think it's part of being a musician, isn't it? Um, and also just open the door, and um, she she kind of tested the door itself, and it does open in a certain way. But this was a lot um, quicker. Then, then the door just opens by itself. It was kind of pushed with force. Not not really fast, but more than the door slowly opening by itself. So yeah, that freaks around just like being here, here by itself. And that's just kind of some of the experiences. So there has been some changes in this house. And anyone that looks into kind of this poltergeist, trickster kind of aspect of the paranormal, things kind of escalate when there's changes in the home or to the home. And this is this has been kind of no exception to that. So, uh, yeah, I've got a new partner and she's been spending a lot of time in this house and I've been away a lot as well. And um, things have kind of amped up in response to that. Um, one of those things is, is the increase in, in jotting. And I'll just give you a, a really kind of perfect example of that. So I suppose the story begins where um, my, my phone company offered me a new contract with a brand new phone and for, for less money, which was a no-brainer. So um, I, I took my old phone, put it in my bedside table, ready for, um, for, for Christmas to, to give to one of the kids. Now, I need glasses to, to work on my computer. Without my glasses, I get a migraine. So it's not something that I, um, you know, it's something I desperately need, really. Um, although I'm lazy, I always just, <laughs> just chuck them on the side and uh, not put them in the case like I should. And I, I remember the, the day before putting my glasses just, you know, down by my computer next to the case and trotting off to do something like I always do. Um, the next morning, sat at my computer desk and can't find my glasses anywhere. Can't even find the glasses case. Really baffled, so start searching high and low, looking all around the room, looking all around my desk, under my desk. Need a really good clear out, so I actually got rid of a whole bin bag worth of, uh, you know, paper that I no longer lead, need, notes, etc., etc. Um, on my desk, under my desk, all around the desk, and um, looked in my travel bags. They weren't there, just in case I'd taken them, you know, to my girlfriend's. Next thought, maybe they're in my bedroom. So have I wore them to bed? Because even though I knew I'd left them there, you, you doubt yourself, don't you, when, when these things happen? So I went upstairs, looked all around my bedroom, um, couldn't find them there, came back down, checked my desk again, even though I'd already looked about 10 times, not there, 
went back upstairs, thought, have they, you know, sometimes I leave stuff outside my door um, on, on the chest there um, that, to, to remember to bring them down again. And so I went, looked there, and they weren't there. Came back downstairs again, thought, I'm just going to have to work. My old mobile phone, which is in the bedside drawer next to my bed, had apparated from inside that drawer. There was no one else in the house, bearing in mind, to, um, to it was lying on my computer at my desk. So that's when I realised that, you know, something definitely paranormal is at play, not just me being my normal forgetful, you know, uh, disorganised self, just leaving things anywhere. So I was like really grumbly, like enough now, I've had enough, I need to get on with my work. I also don't want a migraine, you know, give me my glasses back, please. Took my phone back upstairs, put it in the desk, bed, bed, desk side drawer where it originally was, came back downstairs, my glasses weren't still there. Then I was like, I wonder if I have just worn them to bed and they're under the bed. You know, I've knocked them down and looked so I thought, it's the last place I haven't looked. I've looked everywhere else. When looked under the bed, they weren't there. And I'm, I'm really getting angry now. It's like, I need my glasses. I come downstairs on my seat, which I've already sat on that day, bearing in mind, were my glasses in their case, neatly lying on that seat. So things like that are recurring, um, which is interesting. That's just one example of, of many. Um, interestingly as well, and I don't know if anyone else has... You'll have to let me know if this is a thing that seems to occur. My birthday's on the 24th of November, and this is how I, I start noticing this, this pattern. On um, many books that I've read of, of occurrences and things, a lot of things seem to occur around the week, of the, the fortnight, around the 24th of November, which is really interesting. Um, and I, I start noticing this pattern more and more. So I don't know what it is about that day, but things do seem to occur a lot more around that, that kind of middle to end of November. Um, so, yeah, if anyone else has noticed that or written anything about it, let me know, because, um, you know, it's, it's just something I kind of noticed by coincidence. And another really kind of mind-blowing story, um, and it, it blows my mind to even talk about it now, it is one that occurred recently. So... My mum came to me, um, again, it was about maybe two months ago, and she had, uh, on WhatsApp, and someone had messaged her. And it was a picture of an older guy with a kind of uh, baraclava around his his nose and mouth because it's COVID, so that wasn't too unusual. And and at first glance, it it did look like my dad. And she said, James, do you know who this is? Someone's messaged me, and I don't recognise the number. And it just asked how she was. And... um, I looked and I was like, is that dad? And she's like, no, no, it's not my dad. It's not your dad. And then I looked again and I was like, oh, no, it isn't. It does look a lot like him, though. So that was the first strange coincidence. My mum didn't respond, didn't message him back. And um, that, that was that. And that was the last I thought I would hear of it. But anyway, um, about three weeks ago, I was sat bored and started reading this article about this this prank that you, you can play on people. It's not a vicious prank because I don't agree with doing things like that. But... Um, you, you send a message to a, a random number and you, you see what they say in response. So I typed in random into my phone and inserted 07 and then literally just went, you know, tapping numbers, eyes closed, just randomly. Um, t- typed away too many and then deleted it to the required amount of numbers. Press saved. And when I went on WhatsApp, it's exactly... And it sounds insane telling you, but, it, you know, it's the, it's the absolute truth. It's exactly the same person um, that had messaged my mum by accident, randomly. 
And I sent even screenshot the person, the photograph, and said, Mum, is this the guy that messaged you? And she said, yeah, it is. And she's like, why do you know him? I was like, no, Mum, I don't. And I, I, like, you're not going to believe this. And I rang her and told her, and obviously she couldn't believe it either. I mean, I'm still mind blown. I mean, the odds, the, you know, the numerical odds of that occurring is just, just mind blowing. Um, I don't, before you ask, I don't know who it is. I've not messaged him because that just like freaked me out a little bit. Maybe I could ring him and record it and put it on this show and then uh, obviously get permission and consent first, but, um, you know, and see who it is and, and what the link is, which is, there must be some sort of link, mustn't there? Well, otherwise, why why has it occurred? Unless it is just another one of these examples of showing me the... Because the more... I get wound up when I hear people saying that they're special and chosen, they've got a gift. Um, I think some people have an ability... Um, and again, we go into neurodiversity again, but um, I think people who, who are um, interested in this type of thing, and the more you look at it, the more that things occur to you. So the more I read about it, I, I read books on this continuity, I research it every day, as you know, I talk about it, I do interviews on it, and, and the more I talk about it, the more I research it, the more things seem to occur around me. Um, uh, you know, not just me, but things that I'm linked with and witnessed by other people. That's not because I'm a special person or gifted or anything like that. It's just because I'm almost um, partaking in, in their experience, whatever there is, and it partakes back. And I think it's it's almost testing your our perceptions of reality, and that's what I spoke about before with this whole kind of trickster element that is... a definitive definite part of this paranormal activity and again it's always proof beyond proof so although you know unless i film myself typing that number um and showing that it was purely random there's there's still no evidence and even if i did you could say i typed in that number and knew how to put my fingers with my eyes closed um but i couldn't do that without precognition that something strange was going to occur do you see what i mean so there's always evidence beyond the actual factor of having real evidence um which again is a really interesting part and i go back to um a room where i worked where the the room was rearranged almost every single night so if i left a camera in there a trail camera which responds to movement chances are within one week we're going to get some sort of response and of course that entire week Nothing happened. The only thing it picked up was me walking back in the room to pick up the camera. And of course, that night, once I removed the camera, the whole room was rearranged once more. So there's this whole fascinating thing. And again, you know, anyone that knows about this type of thing knows that that's a regular recurrence. Another absolutely brilliant example was in that very building. We were, we were trying to get this ball to move by command. And it did. And we were filming it. But when we looked at the, 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 the camera... The, uh, the camera turned around and was filming the person who was filming it face instead. So again, a really interesting kind of part of this, this activity is this, this type of thing that occurs. Um, and again, it, my, my view and my belief is it, it is there to make you test your own thoughts and views of reality and our perceptions of reality. And if we compare it to time, time is, is purely a perception. Um, time actually occurs differently to animals I don't know how scientists have proven that but they have and you know to different people even perceive time different someone who's autistic will perceive time in a different way to someone that is neurodiverse for example we, we perceive time differently when we're having fun and that time also travels backwards and forwards and then expanding and compressing etc etc it's only the human existence um, that that 
within that we perceive time that it becomes our kind of calculated version of what it is and, and the same could be applied to reality and i think that's all it is it, it's it's there to test us to then allow us to kind of think beyond in some sort of spirituality to to test our own kind of version of reality and, and move beyond that so uh that's that's a really interesting um aspect of this thing though isn't it and and it's it's fascinating and i uh, it just keeps happening and i don't know why even if I talk about the, the serendipitous way that I, I, I met my new partner. So uh, if you remember on the Q&A show, I was plugging uh, Candy Godbold, who just brought out a new amazing EP, and she sent in a question. She was staying at a mill, and they heard footsteps footsteps at the same time every single night. Um, interestingly, since then, Candy's found out that the previous owners heard exactly the same thing, same residual footsteps in that mill. And... Um, I I messaged her back saying, you know, thank you for your question. I'd, I've answered it on the show, and if you have any more questions, please do get in touch. Um, Candy messaged me back and, and kind of asked me something else, and I started responding and got bored of typing, so I left a voice note like I often do, and she, she replied one back, and we went back and forth. Sorry, I'll just wait for the dog to stop banging on the floor. Who needs poltergeist when you've got a Harry in your house, I tell you and uh and uh yeah we, we just formed this amazing friendship we just started from that talking you know non-stop back and forth and uh finding out about each other but there was more than 250 miles between us so um that that's what where we thought it would end and uh just coincidentally before any of this she'd planned a trip to to my town and uh She'd said, would you like to meet up? And then coincidentally, that very weekend after we met up, um, I, was in, I was in London watching my beloved team. I'm originally from London, um, play. And um, so we met up again and again. But we still, we just thought we had this really lovely friendship. We, we didn't think anything romantic of each other. We didn't know that each other felt anything romantically. We just thought, you know, what a wonderful, lovely person. And um, who, who were also really interesting. So, so many serendipitous coincidences occurred for us to kind of even um, just form that friendship. I mean, she's not been um, up here for, for, you know, years and I just happened to get a ticket for the first game of the season, which is almost impossible. You know, um, as, as everyone that listens now, I'm a big Chelsea supporter. Richie was born in West London in Hammersmith and uh, it's one of my great passions. Um, and happened to get a ticket, you know, the very week weekend after she'd kind of met me in in my town so those those coincidences all those little bits and pieces that go into play to to make something happen which almost makes you think it's uh predetermined and then um you know a week later i went down again because i had the opportunity to go to see the the arsenal game and uh we were both kind of i, I was making a cup of tea and and she was she was in the uh doing the washing up and it was literally as someone flipped a switch and we both had our backs to each other. Nothing occurred to, to kind of spur this on. And we both were really unassuming about uh, us either liking each other. You know, we did, I don't think we even knew we liked each other in that way. Um, but the, it was almost like a, a flip was switched and we, we turned and walked towards each other and kissed. And then we both like, had, it was almost like someone had taken control of our bodies. It was very, very strange. And then, and then it's just gone from there, really. And she's now she's now moved up here. So 
pretty amazing. But isn't it strange, those serendipitous coincidences, and, and it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this show. And the show wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much, um, everyone out there, for continuing to listen and supporting this this little podcast. And I suppose I should say one massive amazing thing as well. Despite this just being, and, and, and I feel even worse now for not putting a show out um, very much this year, um, but we were voted by one of the really big podcast apps and um yeah really embarrassingly i've forgotten which one it is but yeah we were voted in the the top 10 14 podcasts in in the world which is is mind-blowing isn't it it's such a tiny show it's just me um and and so was so flattered and actually i didn't even believe it until um someone told me and i went and and looked myself and i, I just thought they were joking or made a mistake and, and could not believe it when i saw it so uh yeah, thank you so much to every single one of you out there who listens and and supports this show. It's uh, it's wonderful and it's it means means a lot. Um, you know, you guys, every single person I've interacted who listens to this show has been such a a lovely, wonderful person, and um, that that means a lot that that you those type of people like this show as well. So thank you so so much. Um, I hope you're all safe and well. Keep looking after yourselves, and uh, I will be speaking very soon. Oh, just to say. Um, just so I'm not repeating myself all the time. But one of one of the things that I get, other than you know people saying I really like your show, which is which is lovely, and it's it's lovely to see those emails all the time, is people often say, "Oh, you should go on this show, or you should go on that show." Um, it's just to let you know that you know we, we aren't that big. This show isn't that big. Um, so me me emailing what looks like I'm trying to just plug my show. It actually has more traction if if listeners mail, mail those shows. Um, it, it's great because it, it it promotes this podcast and gets more people over here to listen. Um, but the other thing is, like, it, it, I, I'll talk to anyone for hours and ramble on about this type of thing, as you've probably noticed. Um, regardless of whether it's on a podcast or if it's just on the street outside, I will just talk for hours on, on this stuff because I find it fascinating, which I am um, sure you've noticed. But, uh, yeah, the best thing you could do, if, if I email, it just looks like I'm trying to plug my show, um, which, of course, I am, because who wouldn't want to plug this show? Um, but, yeah, if they, if they get, you know, maybe two or three um, from, from different people, then their ears will prick up and they'll say oh that and, and potentially looking and it it has a lot more traction than me doing it so uh yeah if you want to uh if you want to hear me on other shows then just do that because there's no way you go here i don't care what show it is how big or tiny or if um someone just wants to ring me up for a chat and talk, chat about paranormal until three in the morning i'm happy to do any of that um <laughs> recorded or not so uh yeah anyway um i hope you're not all getting stressed at this time of the year it's a it's just really stressful year and um, yeah, just wishing you all all much love and much peace. Um, stay blessed, everyone, and I will speak to you all very soon. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope this hasn't been too much of a, a splurgy ramble as it sounds to my ears. And uh, yeah, okay. Good night, everyone.